Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Bible Prophecy for today. My name is Heather. I'm going to give you some news and views from a West Texans biblical point of view. One you're not going to find in your mainstream media. Hey folks, I can darn near guarantee you, you ain't going to hear this in the mainstream media. (laughs) Oh yeah. So we're going to talk about transhumanism, dancing with the digital devil. This is by Joe Allen via Chronicles. You can find it at technocracy.news. We'll talk about that article tonight and the big Storm Coming by Damon Duck. This is posted on the 3rd of June, 23 at raptureready.com. A little preview is Jim Cavazil, the actor that played Jesus in a Mel Gibson movie, you know, The Passion of the Christ, was recently interviewed by Steve Bannon on his War Room uh, podcast, folks. We'll talk about that today, and uh, we will touch on just a teeny tiny bit of this, but I mentioned in my earlier podcast uh, on, excuse me, on Saturday um, afternoon, and I didn't get to the article. It's an in-depth, The Art of Spiritual Warfare, or The Art of Spiritual War, uh, How Andy Stanley Fell into the Fool's Trap. Of course, that's by Calvin Smith, HarbingersDaily.com, posted on the 7th of June. And so we'll touch on a little bit of that. It's a pretty in-depth article. And when it says in-depth, it means in-depth. And so we're not going to read all of that. But I do want to touch on some highlights and points. And um, was there's this little guy um, on YouTube. I think it's called The Riley Report or something like that. Anyway, and I was watching him. He's saying all these reasons why Andy Stan or why... Charles Stanley was an apostate false teacher. And I was like, "Mm, no. And so he brought up a a question that a woman had asked him years and years ago. um, Can a practicing homosexual enter heaven? Can go to heaven? And um, and when Charles Stanley answered it, he didn't say a practicing homosexual. So you have to go back and listen uh, to that interview with actual Charles Stanley. And so did Charles Stanley. No, he didn't advocate for that. But I'm going to tell you one thing. If you are saved, born again by the blood of Jesus Christ, we all fall into sin. Every single one of us, you, me, both. We will not be sinless. We will not be sinless until we die and we go to heaven to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Until then, we are going to sin. Other people have, everybody has that sin, that one sin, and the devil knows which one it is. He knows which one gets you. He knows which one that tempts you with, face it, we all have one, whether that's homosexuality, whether that's gluttonous, whether that's uh, drinking, whether it's pornography, whether it's whatever kind of sin that you have. He knows where to push your buttons. He knows. He's been studying humanity for 6,000 years. He knows. And so say, uh, say you are born again. Say you're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, you aren't a born-again believer, and you slip into whatever sin that is. Again, you backslide, whatever. Does that mean you're going to hell? No. Once you are saved, honey, you are always saved. Now, you know, I had this uh, I, I had this issue when my mom was very, very sick. And I was attending a church here in Amarillo, Texas. And we'll not name any names, but I won't ever go back there again. Um, actually, it's a different pastor now. But anyway, um, and so... They're all about, and at that time, it was not a health, wealth, uh, name it, you know, claim it, blab it, grab it, whatever church. It wasn't like that. I was kind of moving towards that uh, as I see back now, but it wasn't that at that time. And my mom was so sick. And I tell you what, I was driving back and forth, working 16-hour days, and uh, going to, to Plainview and going to check on her. This is a big, stressful event in my life. And so, and anyway... And I remember driving down there, and of course they were teaching this certain you know thing, and they're they're more like a um, what do you call that? Oh, legalistic. There you go. <laughs> and so then maybe they kind of hinge on that legalistic verge, right? And it's on the little border, and so I remember going, you know, I was on my way to mom's, and I was going to see her, and I remember driving down there, and I was so guilt-ridden. I mean, guilt-ridden, folks. Like, I thought, oh my gosh, what if I sin? You know, I'm going to die. I'm going to die in my sin. I'm going to go to hell. You know, uh, you know, I have road rage, you know, not so much rage anymore, but I used to. I used to be like, you know, it's like, hey, get out of the way. Uh, you know, I'm like, ah, they pull it. Anyway, and, uh, you know, some of you have that. Don't, don't lie. Don't act like I'm the only one. <laughs> anyway, and, uh, and I thought, oh my gosh, what if I, what if somebody pulled out in front of me and say I gave them the Texas wave, which is not a wave, you know, and I, you know what I'm talking about. Or what if I cussed or like, whatever, I'm going to go to hell because I, I died in my sin. And that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, no, folks, that's not true. And it's like the Lord, like, just brought back scriptures to my mind like boom you know he'll speak to you but he's gonna speak to you through his word you know 
And uh, it just dawned on me as far as the east is from the west is so far as I have removed you your sin, right? I have blotted it out. I remember it no more. And then God said, nothing, nobody, nothing can snatch you out of my hand. And I was like, wow. And so I got to thinking about that. Like Jesus is not going to, we are not responsible for holding on to our salvation. That would be, that's crazy because we're going to sin. We're all going to sin, you know. Now living in sin and that not, um, Say you're 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 in a sinful lifestyle and you know it's a sinful lifestyle and that has no bearing on you like it doesn't even bother you like you know whatever that's different. Say you're living a sinful lifestyle and you're convicted by the Holy Spirit like every day and you're trying you know what I mean that's different. But say you know if you've fallen into sin, backslidden, whatever. The thing is to repent and come back to Christ. He will forgive you. But does that mean that you lose your salvation? No, that does not mean you lost your salvation. Um, If it was up to us to do good and buy works to keep our salvation, none of us, none of us are going to heaven. And I mean, (laughs) none of us. You can't. You cannot do that. That's why God knows that's why Christ came and took that punishment upon himself because he knew. They knew we could not do that. We are sinful and we couldn't do that. The heart of a man is wicked, it says, and so just evil from the beginning. So there's no way we can do that. So if anybody ever tells you that, just know that that's not that's not true. That's not true. Um, we all have that what that one sin, you know, that one sin that gets us, you know, alcoholism, whatever it is, addiction, gluttonous, whatever, uh, homosexuality, um, whatever that may be, you know. Uh, we all we will it's a spiritual war we fight that spiritual battle all the time that's why we have to read Ephesians six ten and put on the full armor of Christ how is salvation um, the breastplate of righteousness which is Christ's righteousness right when you put this on we're actually putting on Jesus you pick up the the sword which is our offensive weapon which is the word of God we guard our loins we guard them with the with the belt of truth we shot our feet with the preparation of the gospel of the of peace so you know folks you got to get ready you got to be prepared that's all I got to say but anyway I just thought I'd throw that in there I guess that was a for free one today. I don't know where that came from, but <laughs> it's out there now. I can't take it back. <laughs> anyway, so let's jump in. Let's start with the in-depth, the art of spiritual war. All right, guys, this is by Calvin Smith, posted on the 7th of June at IrishersDaily.com. Yeah, guys. So the classic work, The Art of War, is an ancient military treatise attributed to the revered Chinese military strategist Sun Tzu. As uh, the title indicates, it's a book of conflict, knowledge, psychology, strategy, and tactics laid out over 13 chapters covering several key notions related to battle. These chapters include concepts such as knowing yourself and your enemy, knowing how to mislead the enemy, and knowing when and when not to fight. Although penned over 2,500 years ago, it has stood the test of time as a must-read for those who wish to study how to gain victory in all manner of human conflicts for the personal, political, military, or corporate so the promo blurb for the book on one website reads all levels of military have used the teaching of sun tzu to warfare and civilization have adapted these teachings for use in politics business and everyday life the art of war is a book which should be used to gain advantage of opponents in the boardroom and battlefield alike so i talked about sun tzu's book in the beginning and i kind of gave you guys an overview of that so i'm going to move down into the article and this is what i wanted to talk to you guys about so andy stanley's fall into the fool's trap the following quotes are all taken from an address Pastor Stanley made at Dallas Theological Seminary where he was teaching the next generation of potential Christian pastors how he feels they should approach the exposition of the Word of God. And so let's read that at harbingersdaily.com. I'm going to uh, move my microphone over here so I'm not having to look all crazy at my two different monitors. So I'm not using my, I'm not using my, um, uh, what you call it, boom arm. I have it just kind of set on the little desk mount thing so um bear with me guys so uh i always wanted to get the word bear with me <laughs> is it like a big bear or what okay um so <laughs> so uh once again folks this is an article um at uh, harbingersdaily.com by calvin smith okay so let me go on down here so 
uh, Stanley's belief on what Christians should do when preaching and teaching is to focus exclusively on the resurrection of Christ rather than the authority, infallibility, or inerrancy of Scripture. His statements in the transcript are all time stamped uh, for you to examine. Now, folks, if you want to read, if you want to see even more of this, I have an entire video on why Andy Stanley is an apostate on my YouTube channel. So, anyway, so quote. To begin from now on for the rest of our lives, our preaching and our teaching and our writing to tether the faith of this next generation to the event of the resurrection rather than the authority and the inspiration and fallibility or even the inerrancy of the Bible where it should have been tethered all along. Yes, folks, uh, I'm telling you this is out of his own mouth. So Calvin goes on to say, uh, now I am only showing specific statements by Pastor Stanley for brevity here. Still, just in case you think I am quoting him out of context or omitting bits and that would reverse the obvious intent of his statement. I invite you to, of course, watch the entire talk he gives so that you can see his he is sincerely promoting this idea. In fact, he describes it as an epiphany-like moment in his life where he realized suddenly that the authority, inspiration, and infallibility of the Bible, i.e. the truth of God's revealed word, needn't be the foundation of the Christian faith. Indeed, elsewhere, Stanley has said that, the, that Christians need to, quote, unhitch the Old Testament from their understanding of the faith, meaning Christians should ignore the Old Testament and focus solely on the resurrection, especially in evangel evangelism. I can talk English, folks. I can. <laughs> and that, quote, Jesus' new covenant does not need propping up by the Jewish scriptures, unquote. That was straight from Stanley's mouth. Now, rather than me spending time explaining the ridiculousness of a Christian stating they think believers should tell non-Christians to believe in the resurrection of Christ and to accept Jesus as their Savior while simultaneously telling them the Bible needn't be inerrant or inspired. It's just, let's just move past it and uncover where Stanley's motivation to take this absurd stance originated, Calvin said. So, buying into the opponent's belief. So, the most interesting thing to note is how Stanley came to the revelation that the word of God, especially the Old Testament, need not be true as plainly written. It was all because of listening to a speech by, you guessed it, an atheist. And here's a quote from Andy Stanley. So, about nine years ago, I was sitting at home and I'm watching the YouTube video of Sam Harris, famous atheist neuroscientist. Somebody told me to watch, and he's at a university setting, and he is just completely dismantling the Bible. And the crowd is cheering. I mean, every time he makes it, takes a shot at the Bible, they just cheer. And as I was watching, something dawned on me that I'd never thought about before. It rocked my world and changed the way I preached. I made the change almost immediately, unquote. And so Calvin says, so what was it that Andy never thought of? Andy goes on to say, and I quote, it dawned on me that Sam Harris shared an assumption with everybody in the room that was a skeptic or an atheist or agnostic. In the assumption that he shared with them, he also shared with most Christians. It's an assumption that I was raised on. It's an assumption that most of you were raised on, that the Bible is the foundation of the Christian faith. The assumption being that as the Bible goes on, so goes the Christian faith. So he dismantles the Bible and all confidence in the Bible. His dismantling Christianity in his mind and in the minds of the people in the audience and in the minds and in the hearts of the people in students and high school students and college students everywhere, unquote. I do want to throw in here that Charles Stanley, and he actually admits it right here, he was raised. He was raised to believe this. So I was raised on, he says in his assumption that I was raised on. He says, an assumption that most of you are raised on, that the Bible is the foundation of the Christian faith. Of course, your daddy raised you right. What happened to you? I have no idea. <laughs> he says, uh, so Calvin goes on to say, but of course, it's an assumption by Christians that the Bible is the foundation of our faith. Well, because it's where all Christian beliefs and doctrines come from, including the resurrection. Harris's argument that the Bible supposedly can't be trusted in various areas, history, science, philosophy, etc., is his and other atheists' stated purpose for his reasoning against belief in Christianity. Because if the Bible isn't true, then Christianity is false. And that assumption is not dangerous or foolish in some way, as it's based on God's Word itself. Obviously, to have, a logistic, to have a logical, consistent theology or theological understanding, you can't hold contradictory views simultaneously because true, actual, not, simple, not simply misunderstood contradictions are inherently false. 
And when people knowingly make false statements, they are lying. However, Scripture reminds us in Numbers chapter 23, uh, verse 19 in the KJV, quote, God is not a man that he should lie, rather, or God is not a man that he should lie, neither the Son of Man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? So truth is a central tenet of Christian apologetics. If believers accept contradictions within the Christian worldview, they would also have to extend that acceptance to any other worldview to be fair and logically consistent. And so goes on to say, because God cannot lie and he knows all things, he cannot be mistaken. So we can so we can trust that God would not actually make statements that contradict anything in his creation. Simply put, what we see in God's word matches what we see in his world when interpreted correctly. So this is what Stanley should have held to. However, under the influence of an atheist Bible critic, he didn't or critique. He stepped onto the opponent's playing field and started playing by their rules and he says and andy stanley says and i quote andy says so after i watched this i thought this is terrible and someone needs to do something and i looked around and it was just me mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. so and he goes on to say uh this is unbelievable unbelievable he goes on to say so i thought i am this is this is like a big deal because i was raised most christians were raised in it and it's again an assumption which is a dangerous thing this assumption is what I want you to focus on. This assumption is absolutely false. This is what Stanley says. And so Calvin goes on to say, astonishingly, Stanley says that Christians' assumptions that the Bible is authoritative, infallible, inspired, and inerrant is a dangerous thing and is incorrect. Why? Apparently, that's what the atheist assumption was. And so you can go on to read some more of that articles. Um, if you want to, there's the harbingerdaily.com. And, uh, but, Kind of gives you all you need to know about old Andy Stanley. And that's a sad thing. We should pray for him because that's sad. He's leading a lot of people to hell. Tell you what. So what else we got to talk about today? The technocracy.news. Joe Allen via the Chronicles posted the 9th of June. And we're going to talk about transhumanism dancing with the digital devil. And so the editor's note here, which is Mr. Woods, Mr. Patrick Woods, says that many people flippantly dismiss alarms over transhumanism, not realizing that they are being drawn into the most clever trap in human history, one that promises utopia but delivers destruction. This article is a must-read deep think that enhances the title of his latest book, which is The Evil Twins of Technocracy and Transhumanism. And he says this old adage is still true, quote, if you dance with the devil... You're going to get burned. Yes, folks. So let's move on to this article um, by Joe Allen. And so transhumanism is a materialistic inversion of spiritual aspirations with promises to create a heaven on earth in exchange for merging our souls with machines. Transhumanism has morphed from a fringe philosophy into the spirit of our age, as defined by his hero, Max Moore. The transhumanism movement represents the continuation and acceleration of the evolution of intelligent life beyond its current human form and human limitations by means of science and technology in popular culture transhumanism functions as a dark techno religion expanding into the spiritless void of atheism in this neo-religion transhumanists are the desert fathers evoking prophetic visions in the wilderness so Goes on to say here, uh, allowing for diverse opinion, their prophecy charts various paths through biological and cultural eugenics. These um, culminate in digital Darwinism or a survival of the fittest algorithm. Human bodies and brains are to be optimized. Cultures are to be cleansed of maladaptive norms through social engineering. And digital minds and mechanical bodies inspired by biological designs are to be brought into existence. These hyper-intelligent entities will fuse with human beings, forming symbiotic collectives. The resulting superorganisms will compete for supremacy. As during the agricultural and industrial revolutions, technology is a deciding factor in the struggle for worldly power. Running with that principle, most transhumanists believe thinking machines will surpass us in the near future. Godlike artificial intelligence will be humanity's final invention. After that, we have nothing to do but relax and enjoy the show. Should our digital deities show mercy, human beings will survive like parasites in a mechanical host. Oh boy, what fun we have to look forward to. Ha, ha, ha.
This article goes on to say, the reader may be forgiven if that does not sound like heaven on earth. The mismatch between transhuman fantasies and experienced reality is comical at times. When a working prototype takes off, the resemblance is unsettling. Every time I decide transhumanism is just a cargo cult, another load of real cargo arrives, he says. For instance, CRISPR made it possible to edit genes with remarkable precision. The promise of designer babies and elective gene therapies lies, we are told, just over the horizon. Outside of clinical trials, however, direct gene editing is restricted by the FDA. I'm going to throw that in here. They say it is, but uh, I don't really think they're following those guidelines. Anyway, the article continues. For now, biotech eugenics is conducted on humans through in vitro fertilization and pre-implantation genetic testing. In this process, a customer's ovaries, I like this, a customer, a customer's ovaries are coaxed or coaxed from are coaxed to produce a batch of eggs. These are fertilized and frozen. Cell samples are tested for genetic diseases. For an extra fee, companies like Genomic Prediction Incorporated will screen for dwarfism genes in low intelligence. Oh, wonderful people. Uh, after analysis is complete, a superior embryo is placed in the womb. The losers go to the cherub ward folks mm. so on the cyborg front advanced prosthetics and brain implants are regularly used for medical purposes around 160,000 deep brain stimulation devices have been implanted to suppress seizures parkinson tremors addictive impulses and chronic uh, depression it's like a pacemaker in your skull capable of altering mood true brain computer interfaces or bcis have also made enormous strides in the past decade currently these devices have been implanted in more than 50 patients allowing them to operate robotic limbs and type text on screen with their minds alone among the top bci companies are blackrock neurotech blackrock anyway uh backed by silicon valley billionaire peter thiel and the newer startup synchron so after obtaining fda approval and massive investments by bill gates and jeff bezos synchron is moving fast uh, like many in this field ceo tom oxley wants to progress from healing to enhancement of course he hopes synchron implants will one day allow healthy customers to quote throw their emotions into other people's brains think of it as synthetic empathy so quote so what if rather than using your words you could throw your emotions just for a few seconds and have other people really feel how you feel oxley pitched to ted to a ted talk audience in june 2022 at that moment we would have realized that the necessary use of words to express our current state of being was always going to fall short the full potential of the brain would then be unlocked unquote Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk's Neuralink is better known than its competitors for one reason, because he advertises his whole brain interface as a future commercial device. In fact, Musk warns it will be necessary for human relevance in the age of AI. Quote, if we have digital superintelligence that's just much smarter than any human at a species level, uh, how do we mitigate that risk? He asked at last year's uh, Neuralink show and tell. And even and then even in a benign scenario where the AI is very benevolent, then how do we even go along for the ride? Musk's solution is replacing a piece of skull with like, you know, a smartwatch. Unquote. So artificial intelligence sits at the apex of all these technologies. After all, or I'm sorry, after a long AI winter, the past 10 years has seen an explosion of machine learning capabilities. Artificial neural networks simulate the brain's interconnected neurons, yielding non-deterministic algorithms that are not programmed so much as trained. The beat, I'm sorry, almost <laughs> the beast system is correct, but the article says the best systems learn on their own. Quote, reality explored by AI may prove to be something other than what humans had imagined. Ex-Google chief Eric Smith wrote in the Age of AI 2021, the prognostications of the Gnostic philosophers of an inner reality beyond ordinary experience may prove newly significant. Sometimes the result will be the revelation of properties of the world that were beyond our conception until we cooperated with machines, end quote. 
Recent breakthroughs have enabled AI to master genome sequencing, 3D protein modeling, radiology, and brainwave analysis, data mining, facial recognition, natural language uh, processing, social network mapping, stock valuation, gaming, autonomous driving, robotic maneuvers, surveillance triggers, crime prediction, combat stimulation, battlefield reconnaissance, target acquisition, and weapon system control. In every case, AI exceeds human performance. Granted, these applications are artificial, narrow intelligence, meaning their tasks are restricted to a single domain. But the top tech companies plan to fuse these cognitive modules into an artificial general intelligence or AGI, a flexible artificial mind that can reason and act across multiple domains given its light speed processing massive data sets and near infinite memory some in silicon valley are sure agi will rise above humans to become a digital deity this possibility has lured techies into metaphysical madness indeed for the devotees of agi the limitations of tech and space will soon be shattered quote all knowledge past present and future can be derived from data by a single universal learning algorithm unquote writes uh, computer scientist pedro domingos in the master algorithm that was back in 2015 quote in fact the master algorithm is the last thing we'll ever have to invent because once we let it loose it will go on to invent everything else that can be invented unquote Last November, OpenAI unleashed ChatGPT, an advanced language AI known as a chatbot. GPT was trained on countless ebooks, all of Wikipedia, and most of the internet. Drawing on that corpus, it can write coherent essays, uh, create original fiction, write computer programs, and compose poetry. Awful poetry, but poetry nonetheless, the author says. Um, rather than truly understanding what it writes, GPT simply predicts the most relevant next word in a sentence based on what humans have said before. As the sentences add up to paragraphs, the final document the GPT produces within a moment is often superior to anything a mediocre writer might labor for hours to produce. Microsoft threw $10 billion into the project. The executives and investors who gathered in Davos, Switzerland for the 2023 World Economic Forum were thrown into a feeding frenzy. Since then, the promise of AI has been pumping stock values and stoking the public imagination. Bill Gates is sure GPT will make e-learning, i.e. digital brainwashing, a global standard. Unwilling to be left in the dust, the Google Meta uh, Amazon and the Chinese tech giant Beidou have shoved their own unrefined chatbots into the ring. Sometimes the outputs are brilliant and other times they are hilariously awkward or stupid, much like the utterances of a child. Because humans are primed to attribute uh, sentient uh, to the spoken or written word, chatbots trigger our cognitive bias towards anthropomorphism. As such, TSEAIs are a critical step on the path to intense human-machine relationships, or human-AI symbiosis. So language forges a direct link between our minds and the digital world. And so in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was made flesh, and the flesh learned to code, and then the code learned to code. So all of these elements are converging on a civilization transformation. One factor is the effect of actual technology on the real world. Even as economic prospects decline and social cohesion decays, a set of dangerous technologies continue to advance. Another factor coming out of the ad department is the trans human content of propaganda and corresponding shifts in the public psyche. From west to east, our collective narratives are being reshaped. According to the latest headlines, our fate will be determined by the machine. So World Economic Forum Chairman Klaus Schwab announced the fourth industrial revolution at the group's 2016 forum, describing it as, quote, the fusion of the physical, digital, and biological worlds, unquote. Since then, what was a fringe sci-fi philosophy has become a global corporate agenda. Davos is crawling with executives and top government officials. Clearly, some portion of our elite entertain the idea of a man-machine merger. One need not accept their dreams as reality to know they will have real impacts on our lives, however degraded the translation may be. As an economic paradigm with attached policy proposals, the Fourth Industrial Revolution is a powerful manifestation of various 21st century techno cults. 
across the heterodox uh, movement, we see technology exalted as the highest power. Their shared uh, mythos, uh, mythos is simple. Our genesis was in slow biological evolution and then rapid cultural de- evolution. Death and suffering spew like exhaust from those engines of creation. They are technical problems to be solved. Therefore, the transhuman gospel promises an exponential explosion of digital evolution. Soon, this apocalypse will unveil the technological singularity when artificial brains and bodies exceed our meager capacities. Folks, I know this is an in-depth article and sometimes it's hard to comprehend where all this is going. And if you go back 10 years, words like I'm talking to you about right now that are in this article would make zero sense. Would be like, what are you talking about? What are you, what, what? But this is true, folks. This is what these people over there at the World Economic Forum, the Klaus Schwab's and the Yuval Noah Harari's and all of these people, the Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and all these folks, this is what they are envisioning. This is their religion, you guys. This is, quote, their savior, unquote. This is what they're banking on. They think they're going to upload their brain into a computer and put it into a body and they're going to live forever. This is what, honestly, folks, this is what they think. I know it's insanity to you and I, but to these folks, they, this is it. This is all they have. This is it. And so, you know, you can go on to read uh, more on this article if you would like, but I'm telling you guys, it, it, it's, mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. this is what they think. This is exactly what they think. And I'm going to, um, I'm going to copy this and I'm going to, uh, put this link in the description if you guys want to read a little bit more of this because it it really is fascinating reading um but uh, i can see i could bore some folks but you know <laughs> it is definitely fascinating so one thing i wanted to get you now is the big storm coming by damon duck so jim cavazil the actor that played jesus in a mel gibson movie called the passion of the christ was recently interviewed by steve benham on his war room podcast according to the uh, concerning the globalist push for world government, Cavazil said, we're in an apocalyptic moment right now, unquote. He added that there's a big storm coming and they, the globalists, know it. In my mind, he says, the big storm Cavazil was talking about is the tribulation period described in the book of Revelation chapters 4 through 19. So Damon goes on to say, I like the Damon Duck. My brother's name is Damon, but this is spelled a little bit different. It's D-A-Y-M-O-N-D, Damon Duck. Anyway, he goes, it refers to a time of tribulation worse than anything that has ever come upon this earth. And except for the second coming of Jesus, everyone on earth would perish. Matthew chapter 24, verses 21 to 22. Many world leaders are involved in creating a crisis on earth to justify their establishment of a godless world government and religion. They know a big storm is coming because they are working to bring it about. What they don't know or believe is that there is a great escape, the rapture, uh, coming for God's church, and God's great wrath will destroy their much-desired world government and religion. Quote, this is Revelation chapter 6, verses 15 through 17. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, and every free man hid themselves in the dens, and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast, the Antichrist, and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, which with which he deceived them that he or which with he had deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshiped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Folks, that's Revelation chapter 19 verses 17 through 21. Damon goes on to say, pray for them. Perhaps some will get saved before the rapture. While you are doing that, he says, pray. 
He says, um, for you to be accounted worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon the earth. Luke chapter 21, verse 36. Pray for God to remember his covenants with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Genesis chapter 17, verse 7 through 8 in 18, 21. In 28, verse 13. In chapter 35, verses 10 through 12. Pray for the 144,000 and the two witnesses to appear. That's Revelation 7 and 11. For the gospel to go all over the world. Revelation chapter 14, verse Verse 6, for the blindness of Israel to cease, Romans chapter 11, 25, for all Israel to be saved, Romans chapter 11, 26, and for the peace of Israel, which is uh, Psalm chapter 122, verse 6, we are, we are commanded to pray for the peace of Israel. So here are some current events that seem to indicate that a big storm is coming. One, concerning the mark of the beast, the right hand or in the forehead of followers of the Antichrist on May 26, 2023, it was reported that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, FDA, has given Elon Musk's company Neuralink permission to begin implanting brain chips in patients. The brain chips will have a wireless connection to a computer that will hopefully enable patients to mentally control electronic devices, get on the internet, social media, etc. A Neuralink brain chip is not the mark of the beast, but it is a major step toward the mark, name, or a number of the antichrist in the forehead or the individuals. Two, concerning world government and the World Health Organization Assembly meeting in late May 2023, on May 24, 2023, LifeSite News posted renowned physician Dr. Joseph McCullough's summary of what the WHO is pushing. Here is Dr. McCullough's summary of about 300 amendments the WHO H-O, I guess, in the international health regulations. So expand the definitions of pandemics and health emergencies. Specifically, it introduces potential for harm rather than actual harm. So the WHO can mandate lockdowns or medical interventions based on the mere suspicion that a virus might cause public harm. Change the recommendations of the IHR from non-binding to mandatory. So member states must follow and implement the WHO's recommendations. Solidify the Director General's ability to independently and single-handedly declare health emergencies. Set up an extensive surveillance apparatus in all member states. Enable the WHO to share country data without consent and give the WHO control over certain resources within member countries, including intellectual property rights. Mm. Force national support for censorship activities directed by the AWHO and change existing IHR provisions that affect individuals from non-binding to binding, including provisions relating to border closures, travel restrictions, quarantines, medical examinations, and the medication and vaccination of individuals. Here is Dr. Mercola's summary of the international pandemic treaty that the WHO is pushing. Set up an international supply network overseen by the WHO. I'm just going to call them the WHO from now on. <laughs> Fund the WHO's health emergency structures and processes by requiring at least 5% of national health budgets to be dedicated to health emergencies. Set up a governing body under the auspice of the WHO to oversee the entire health emergency process expand scope of the who's power by emphasizing the one health agenda which recognizes that a very broad range of aspects of life in the environment can impact health and therefore fall under the quote potential to cause harm this is how the who will be able to declare climate change as a health emergency and subsequently require <clears throat> climate lockdowns <clears throat> excuse me for example the who or who uh, wants world leaders to make these things global law in may 2024 if passed the world will have an unelected dictator that can force his will upon every nation and individual on earth and of course there's a link to the livestock news article which you guys can uh, check out and at RapsReady.com, by the way. So, three, concer three concerning the days of law departing from faith in the decline of America, on May 19, 2023, Jonathan Von Van Maren, author, public speaker, pro-life activist, and more, expressed the opinion that, quote, the U.S. has become an anti-Christian force in the world, unquote. He was referring to the fact that the U.S. constantly uses its power to push the alphabet soup agenda upon other nations, which is the LGBTQ. He didn't say it, but Biden and those that tell him what to do are calling evil good and good evil. It is one thing to support same-sex marriage, transgenderism, etc. on your own nation, but it is an entirely different thing to use U.S. tax dollars to force America's unbiblical moral decay on other nations that disagree. Number four, concerning world government and nations uh, surrounding 
uh, surrendering their sovereignty to the World Health Organization, or the WHO, on May 22, 2022, it was reported that a Croatian member of the EU Parliament called the WHO a terrorist organization, accused the WHO of constantly lying during the COVID-19 pandemic, lying about COVID's uh, beginning in China, lying when they said the vaccine is effective, and lying when they said the vaccine would protect against serious illness and death. Called the WHO a dangerous organization and said it would be safer for world leaders to sign an agreement with the Colombian drug cartels than it would be to sign an agreement with the lying WHO. He goes on to say, note, President Biden has already announced he intends to sign the agreement. And make no mistake about it, this is more than temporarily signing away America's sovereignty over health issues during a crisis or a potential crisis. This is a major step toward establishing an all-powerful satanic new world order. If surrendering America's sovereignty to a group of proven liars isn't enough to get members of the U.S. House and Senate and the, major, and the major media to scream out in opposition, nothing will. And the Great Reset lie that you will own nothing and will be happy is a done deal, he says. Number five, concerning world government and nations surrendering their sovereignty to the World Health Organization on May 26, 2023, it was reported that a group of conservatives in the UK have expressed concern of the WHO's proposed pandemic treaty and amendments to the international health regulators. Uh, are alarmed about the plan to upgrade the WHO from an advisory organization to a controlling international authority, are threatening to block any law that prevents the UK from setting its own health policy, and support the existence of the WHO as an advisory body that shares data, speeds up responses to crises, etc., but are opposed to turning the WHO that has a proven bad record into a global power that can force its will on nations. So he says, in quote, and this is more, uh, Damon says, concerning the issue on the 29th of May of 23 uh, on the Common Sense show Dave Hodges said this the Biden administration is a totally lawless administration these people not only should be out of office they should be in prison signing away our sovereignty over our medical supplies over our health uh, policies what will we what we will and will not do obligating every state to do exactly what biden and the who says totally bypassing the divisions of power separation of powers with states and federal government basically making the who the ruler of this country you see it's not just the uk it's this country too Number six, concerning world uh, government and nations surrendering their sovereignty to the World Health Organization. On May 28th of 2023, Dave Hodges posted a DEFCON news article that says Michelle Bachman joined Steve Bannon on the war room and said, who director general or is it general? <laughs> uh, Gabe Reeses is. Uh, Gabe Reeses, a liar, is demanding the WHO hold sovereignty over all member nations due to the global warming climate crisis. Gabe Reeses said the climate crisis is a health crisis. Climate is the number one mission of healthcare. We're going to focus now on climate change. Unquote. According to Bachman, the only way the U.S. can get away from the WHO or the WHO plan to create a world government is for the U.S. to withdraw from the WHO. And, of course, this is Damon's opinion, Damon Duck, and he says, my opinion, if it wasn't for the tribulation period and the second coming of Jesus, the WHO could use climate change to rule the world, establish a global ID, establish a digital currency, establish a, 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 a I'm sorry, establish the mark of the beast, reduce the population of the earth, and never allow the sovereignty of nations again. Mm. So, number seven, concerning the climate crisis and reducing the population of the Earth on May 27, 23, Jane Fonda blamed climate change on white men and called for them to be jailed. <laughs> Anybody remember Vietnam? Is she still alive? What is she even? People still listen to her? I'm sorry. Anyway, so earlier this year, Fonda blamed the climate crisis on racism and evil white men. On a recent edition of The View, make me vomit, I can't, uh, Fun to call for pro-life activists and politicians to be murdered. This says a lot about how some liberals view tolerance. Oh, I remember that. They should, we should be murdered. That's right. Mm. Yeah. Why don't you go back over to Vietnam, honey? Mm-mm-mm. Anyway, finally, are you rapture ready? If you want to be rapture ready and go to heaven, you must be born again. John 3, 3. God loves you, and if you have not done so, sincerely admit that you are a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the virgin, born, and sinless Son of God who died for the sins of the world, was buried, and raised from the dead. Ask Him to forgive your sins, cleanse you, come into your heart, and be your Savior. Then tell someone that you have done this. Anyway, folks, this is Dr. I don't know if he's a Dr. Robin. This is Damon Duck, and I do like him, and you can catch that article at Rapture Ready. 
raptorready.com, raptorready.com. So, like I said, folks, a whole lot of stuff to talk about. And uh, I'm going to go here to, let me check it over here on the side here, Tom Hughes at Hope for Our Times, hopeforourtimes.com. And uh, if you haven't checked out his website, he's got a pretty good website. Um, I like it. I do. Um, Saudi Crown Prince threatened major economic pain on U.S. amid wool fuel or feud. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Folks, it's getting 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 crazy. Oh, I did want to toss this up here. <laughs> this is literally our president. <laughs> Eleven hours ago, this story um, is by Kevin Harris. Kevin Harris, and you can find it at msn.com if you so dare. Check this out. World reacts as Joe Biden makes unvaccinated athletes wear masks. <laughs> How many times has Biden had COVID? <laughs> How many boosters has, has Biden had? Get your boosters. Get your booster. Got to get your booster. Get your booster. Get your 15th booster. <laughs> Don't fall off that bicycle. I guess he needs another boot. Did he fall again? Guess he better give him another booster. But you guys be sure to put that mask on when you go to the White House at college day, college athletes day. Oh, my. I had to throw that out there. You know I did, folks. <laughs> Anywho, yes, folks, only one sausage per month for everyone. German Nutrition Society recommends over 90% reduction in daily meat eating to combat global warming. How's that going to go over in Germany? <laughs> I'm guessing not too well. Mm. So, guys, we have a lot of lot of stuff going on. And I'm telling you, mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I don't know about you guys, but I'm doing some rapture practice. You know, little tiptoes going on. I even took the roof off my car, you know. <laughs> my little Honda Del Sol. I took the top off today, put it in the trunk. Because you never know, man, that rapture's going to happen. No. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Y'all go right through the top of that bad boy. Oh, my goodness. So the WHO is planning another pandemic simulation. Oh, you better believe it. Technocracy.news. Technocracy.news by Mac Salvo via the when the SHTF plan, guys. Go check that out. It's the 7th of June of this year. So the World Health Organization has called for a simulation of another global pandemic. So it can be assured that the totalitarian control mechanisms built into its pandemic accord are effective against the slave class. This reeks of the event 201 simulation that occurred on October on October the 18th, 2019, oddly, not long before COVID-19 became a pandemic. According to a report by Zero Hedge, 194 nations continue to work through drafts of pandemic agreements that would grant more authority to the World Health Organization, the GPMB, or the Global Preparedness Monitoring Board, a body convened by the WHO. These self-declared masters have called for a worldwide pandemic simulation to be carried out by the end of this year to test the effectiveness of the new terms before member nations sign them in 2024. We, quote, we feel very strongly that we cannot wait for the next emergency to find out how well the pandemic accord and the IHR amendments will work. We need to know now, Joy, uh, now you're going to pronounce that last word I'm going to spell it for you, though. P-H-U-M-A-P-H-I. Co-chair of the GPMP, or MB, stated on the 22nd of May, quote, we therefore suggest that member states, together with other key stakeholders, carry out a simulation exercise based on the draft accord and draft IHR amendments later this year before they are finalized and adopted, unquote. Mm, folks, I'm going to tell you something. You better get right with God. You better get right with God. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. If you ain't saved, you better cry out to the Lord Jesus today. Ask him to save you. This is a lot like uh, Event 201 Coronavirus Simulation. The rulers ran before claiming COVID-19 was, quote, a pandemic. You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. A lot of you may not know that, but there was an Event 201, and they talked all about what And it lock in step, exactly what happened. So recent simulation coronavirus killed 65 million people. John Hopkins University, along with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the World Economic Forum, hosted event 201-201, a high-level pandemic exercise on October the 18th, 2019 in New York City. Uh, the exercise illustrated areas where public-private partnerships will be necessary during the response to a severe pandemic to diminish large-scale economic and societal consequences, blah, blah, blah. And we all know how that happened, right? Mm. Look how it ended up. You know. 
So here's the next one. An earlier simulation called Clade X, which was put on by the John Hopkins Center for Health Security, saw, quote, experts in rulers meet in Washington, D.C. who tried to simulate the prevention of a pandemic. The rulers discussed roles in government with regard to Clade X, a virus with the potential to kill 900 million people. Hmm. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not too fond of John Hopkins University. Anyway, folks, if you see where this is all going, you can tell. You can tell where it's all going and where it's all heading. Uh, We're heading for the tribulation. And uh, Christ said these things were going to happen. And did you know that technology is doubling every like 11 hours? I just saw that. I was like, wow, every 11 hours. Folks, you better get ready. You better get ready. Oh, anyway, with that, guys, I'm going to get off of here. But I did want to tell you about, oh, the mRNA vaccines uh, found to be contaminated with DNA. I know you guys heard about that. But there's evidence now. Pfizer knew that the mRNA shots sickened infants and probably killed them. They knew that in April 2021. But, oh, no, they're still pushing that your child needs to be vaccinated. Get a vaccine, 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 vaccine. I don't know about you guys, but um, wickedness, absolute wickedness, evil, pure, unadulterated evil. Anyway, you guys, wake up, wake up and smell the words of God coming at you because uh, these things are happening super fast, super fast. And uh, when you remember when Jesus said, when these things begin to happen, begin, hold your head up high because your redemption draws nigh, folks, they're beginning already. And it's like tacos, like we get our word tachometer, all those folks that like to redline or get super close to those little red lines on my tachometer. You guys, mm, mm, mm. these days, it's coming. It's coming. It's right here in Jesus. But happen. When that happens, they get faster and faster and faster until, boom, Christ comes back. You can see these things. They're just flying. I just can't believe stuff is happening so fast, but it is. It is. So, you know, as always, this whole ministry is to to prepare people, not to scare you guys, to prepare you, to encourage you. My big thing is to be an encourager. And to, to get the word to a lost and dying world. And if these headlines and all these things pointing towards Bible prophecy to tell you that Christ is coming to take his church home and that there will be this great tribulation to come upon the world, like he said, I don't know what else will. Uh, that's my prayer, folks. That's my prayer that you will be saved before it's too late. That you'll join me in the rapture and all of us going up. I'm telling you, folks. I'm telling you. You better get ready. Anyway, that's all I got for you guys tonight or today. Um, with that, guys, um, get in the Word of God. Let the Word of God get into you and Maranatha, Lord Jesus, Maranatha. Thanks, you guys, so much for all your support and encouragement. Art, I do appreciate you. I really do. Um, you guys, um, anyway, get ready. Get ready. Just get ready. Get in the Word of God. Just be prepared because you know you're gonna want to. You're gonna want to have that Word of God hidden in your heart because maybe one day we may not be able to have our Bibles. It could be like China or North Korea. You ever thought about that? You don't know what's coming. We have no idea. The Bible tells us what's coming. Jesus said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you too. We will be persecuted. And there will be trials and tribulations and all these things will come upon us. Remember that. But will it be the tribulation from God? No. It's a big difference. Uh, it's a big difference. The tribulation from God is his wrath being poured out on non-believers. And the whole reason is to bring Israel back. Anyway, I'm really getting off here. <laughs> Okay, you guys, thank you all so much for listening. May God bless each and every one of you. Keep looking up. Keep looking up. Keep that Keep that spirit. Keep that hope alive for Christ to come. Remember, I mean, it's our blessed hope, and that, that that's to give us comfort. That's what he said. Comfort one another with these words in First and Second Thessalonians. Okay, guys. Um, anyway, with that, may God bless each and every one of you.